Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And remember, my friend, future events such as these will affect you in the future. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. Welcome to another episode of There's Still Time, the AFTN Soccer Show, brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com. I'm your host, Michael McCall, and you're listening to episode 195. Now, you might be wondering, what happened to episode 194? Well, that was our radio show that we brought to you at the weekend on CITR Radio, but due to some technical difficulties at the radio station... They've been unable to produce podcasts for any of their shows this week, so we've not been able to bring you Sunday's show as a podcast yet. We didn't want you to miss out on a whole week without being able to listen to AFTN. Couldn't put anyone through that, so we thought we'd just bring out a special preview show for the Kansas City game that's coming up this weekend. When the podcast for episode 194 is available, we will kind of upload that as well, but we'll kind of... Do an edited abridged version of it. Probably taking out the talk about the Kansas City game because we're going to talk about that now. And a couple of other little things as well that we might include in this episode. We're going to have a way around the issue for this coming Sunday's show. So don't worry, Sunday's show will come out to you on Monday as a podcast, episode 196. So check all your podcast feeds for that. But enough about all the podcast problems. Let's get to the meat of the show. Talking about Vancouver Whitecaps, Sporting Kansas City, the Caps are finally coming back to BC Place. Football's coming home, the Caps are coming home. It's been a very long road trip. Road stretch, I guess you could call it, because it's not really a trip, because they, they were back in Vancouver in between games. Somebody worked out that they had covered 18,000 miles during that four-game stretch. Absolutely incredible. But now they're home for a spell. They've got a, a number of games coming up at home, kicking off this Saturday with Sporting Kansas City. Tuesday night, Canadian Championship against Montreal. Then next Saturday, hosting DC United. So we're going to focus on the Kansas City game in this episode of the show. Very tough ask for Vancouver, getting back to BC Place, facing the Western Conference leaders at the moment. Very comfortable win for Kansas City on Wednesday night against Seattle. 3-0, all the goals coming in the second half, all the goals coming from Gerso Fernandez, 
hit a 14-minute hat-trick with goals in the 56th, 58th and 69th minutes, two of those unassisted. Whitecaps' last game, of course, was the 2-1 loss to Houston. We covered that a lot in detail on the last show, so we won't go into that just now. You can hear our thoughts on that whenever the podcast does get uploaded. The Kansas City game against Seattle showed what a a dangerous team that they are. Another clean sheet. They've only conceded 7 goals in the 12 matches that they've played so far this year, compared to the Whitecaps' 16. Obviously, they've got a lot of dangerous guys. Fernandez's three goals during the week took him to five for the season. You've also got the danger of Dom Dwyer up front. Jimmy Medranda kind of playing on the left wing. And there's a lot of kind of questions going into this match. Some on the KC side, some on the Whitecaps side. If you look at the Whitecaps ones, first of all, the big kind of question going into this is what kind of formation... And what kind of lineup is Carl Robinson going to go with? Against Houston, fourth game unchanged, sticking with a 4 1 4 1. They didn't get the three points, but they played well. And that, that's something that kind of characterised all four games in this road stretch two wins, two defeats, six points from a possible 12. But in all four matches, they played well. And you have to be a bit disappointed that they didn't actually take anything from the two games that they lost. Definitely could have got a draw in Portland. Definitely could have got a draw in Houston. Disputed penalty was what gave Houston the game winner there. So they're playing well, but you're back at BC Place. The expectation is kind of more that you're expected to entertain when you're at home. Does the 4-1-4-1 do that? You can definitely argue both sides for that because the Caps have been getting forward, but it has left Freddie Montero a little bit isolated and, and on an island. He does need a little bit of help, a little bit of support. Breck Shea came off the bench for the second straight week and got a goal. Robo said during the week that he's really only good to go a maximum of a half, and even that is at a stretch. So you can expect to see Shea still in a substitute's role this coming week. So the, the big question is, are the Caps going to stick with this 4-1-4-1? Or are they going to mix it up a little bit, go back to the 4-2-3-1 that, that they had before that, or maybe even a 4-3-3? During the week, Sporting KC against Seattle lined up with a 4-3-3 formation. That had a front three of Fernandez on the right wing, Medrand on the left wing, and Dwyer through the middle up front. And Kansas City's firepower, it's not the best in the league. There's a few teams that have scored more, bizarrely including Minnesota United. KC have got 16 goals from their 12 matches so far. Houston and Portland lead the way with 21. Whitecaps have 13. So approaching this game, so you could argue that there isn't really that need to shut them down in which a 4-1-4-1 would do. I really do feel that Robo kind of has to go a little bit more attacking in this game to try and get anything from it and to try and bring Freddie Montero into the mix. For me, I think we're going to go back to a 4-2-3-1 formation. That's going to see Christian Bolanius moving into the middle, something which he isn't overly keen on. Keep Christian Teixeira on the left and I think we will bring Alfonso Davies back for this game on the right wing. That then leads the question as to what you're going to do with your three central stroke defensive midfielders that, that he's been playing in the last couple of games. One of them is going to have to drop out. For me, it should be Tony Chani. I just have a sneaking feeling, though, that it might be Andrew Jacobson that drops out, keeping Laba and Chani as the two-man defensive shield. 
And I think in part that is kind of having one eye on this Montreal game on Tuesday night. Jacobson could be a guy that needs to get called upon in that game to possibly even play as a centre-back role. Christian Dean's out. Cole Silas just coming back from injury. If you're wanting to rest Parker and Waston for that Montreal game, you're really only left with a Siler-Jacobson centre-back partnership. So it's whether Robo might want to keep Jacobson back for that and then go with Chani and Laba during the week. And there's going to be a lot of second-guessing for Robo this week because he doesn't really know what kind of sport in KC lineup that he's going to play against. They had their main guys out, what you would really class as the, their full starting lineup against Seattle on Wednesday. It's a long flight from Kansas City, no direct ones, so you have to kind of think that they are going to mix things up a bit, they're going to make some changes. And Peter Vermees talked about that on Thursday, and we're going to bring you a little bit of audio now from Peter Vermees, just talking about the game in Vancouver, what changes may come, and just what danger he feels the Whitecaps pose. So let's hear now from Sporting KC head coach, Peter Vermees. Okay, coach, so uh, slow start to last game, but really came on strong second half. Were you happy with that? Well, it's always good to finish strong, right? And and obviously get the three points. Um, I was a little disappointed in, in the way that we did start just because I thought that we were good with the ball. I just don't think that we were ever really that dangerous. And um, we, we lacked a little bit um, in regards to our, our movement off the ball, uh, especially in the final third. Uh, and, and I don't think we were we were daring and courageous enough with our penetrating runs. And I think the second half that was a difference in the in the game is that we became much more lively um, and we had multiple guys getting into the box, which ultimately gave more options for the guy on the ball, and which resulted in goals. And and especially after we scored the first one, the second and third were two very good goals through the run of play. But again good numbers in the box, which I think caused uh, the opportunity for us to score because they couldn't mark everybody. Now with a quick turnaround, um, is it more of a mental focus or a physical focus? It's a combination of the two. Um, the, the, the hardest thing is is we have to then, and I'm talking about the staff, we have to take assessment um, on which guys you know have the capacity to uh, play again this in this short period of time, um, and both physically and mentally. And then uh, without disrupting the team, you know, immensely because there is consistency and there has been a lot of consistency in the lineup um, over this time, uh, this short period of time, 12 games. And, and you would like to continue it. But the reality is, is that there are going to be some guys that are tired. There are some guys maybe with some nagging injuries that you have to also be careful of because if they, you know, if they're dealing with that, they may compensate and injure something else. So there's just a lot of things that we have to assess and make decisions and put together a group of guys that feel comfortable and can get the game plan done. I feel confident that we'll do that. It's just you always need a little time to figure that out. And being the fact that it's game time, uh, you know, it's, it hasn't been easy, but I think we're, get, we're pretty close. Now tonight, looking ahead to Vancouver, they're, pr- they're playing pretty confidently. They're good, in good form. What do you expect out of them? They have changed their formation a little bit. It's, uh, it's very similar to the way that we play. Um, so uh, I think they have a couple of different things that they're doing. They're, they're, they're playing out of the back a lot more than they, they have in the past. Um, they also have uh, two guys in, in their attacking place and attacking midfielder positions that really go box to box. So they do a lot of work, which 
is is good in the system. Um, and then they have you know some dangerous guys out wide. They're very good with services into the box. Um, I've always been a big fan of Montero. I think he's a, a top class forward. Um, he's very good in holding the ball up, but he's also very uh, tricky in that in and around the box, he makes very good runs. Um, he's got some street smarts in the game, which you know always help, especially when uh, you're playing in, at this level. So they're, they're a good team, you know, and then they're also very good on set pieces. And we're going to have to be very smart in all those areas of the game and try to limit set pieces as much as possible because not only they're a big team, but they're a very aggressive team in the box. With set pieces and players like Montero, how much uh, confidence do you have with Tim Milia and Nett? Well, Tim's Tim has been uh, very solid thus far. Uh, I always say it; it's it's one thing to make the saves, and that's what you expect with your goalkeeper. But his distribution this year has been tremendous. Um, I, I, I've, I've said this a few times now. Alec Duffy, our, our goalkeeper coach, has done a really good job in getting our guys prepared to play within our our style of play. Um, and so Tim has been excellent in that area. And then the other thing is that he. He's making very timely saves is what you want from your goalkeeper. He's done a really good job of that. And, uh, you know, we got to continue to limit the number of chances that we give up. But he also has to come big in the moments that he does. And he's done that so far. And, you know, just we got to make sure that continues. Sporting KC head coach Peter Vermees there. And for me, there was a, a few interesting things to, to take from that. It does sound like he's going to make some changes. He's going to kind of see who's fit. I think he might take most of his squad with him. Some of the guys that started on Wednesday may start on the bench. Wouldn't really be surprised to see Dom Dwyer start on the bench. He does seem to be a guy that sometimes struggles going two games in a week. You want to do kind of ride that Fernandez street getting that hat trick against Seattle I think he's going to want to keep him in we're going to hear from him in a little bit and he has some interesting things to say about playing on turf so exactly what kind of lineup Casey put out we're going to have to wait and see it's going to be a tough test for the Whitecaps and they've not got a great record against Kansas City they've only got one win against them in their whole their MLS history there's been 10 matches between the teams all together Whitecaps have won one Sporting KC's won six, and there's been three draws. Last season, KC got the better of the league games with two wins in Kansas City, and then the Whitecaps got a draw with them in April at BC Place. Whitecaps obviously got the better of them in the CONCACAF Champions League qualifying, but KC didn't have full-strength teams out for that. This season at BC Place, the Whitecaps have played four games. They've only lost one, which was to Toronto, after, of course, going down a man. Two wins and a draw out of those. On the road, Sporting haven't had as good a record as they have at home. They've played six games, they've won one, three ties and two losses. Only scoring three goals on the road. And that's something I think the Whitecaps need to try and capitalise on. KC will be more than happy if they come out of this game with a draw. So I don't think they're going to go totally gung-ho and it's going to be up to Vancouver to try and break them down. That's why... For me, there needs to be a tweak in the formation. Get a couple more of attacking guys in there. And Davies is definitely a guy that could unlock a lot, link up well with Montero. Maybe ride Davies for an hour, 65 minutes, and then switch things up, bring Shea on, maybe switch to Shea to the other wing. 
or play Shea through the middle and then switch Berlanius back to the right wing, which he does obviously prefer. But there's no doubt in that Casey's a danger, but when you look at some of the games that the Whitecaps have coming up, in June, they've got back-to-back, although there is a gap in between due to the World Cup break, but they've got back-to-back games with Atlanta and with FC Dallas. Now, they are two difficult games that you're maybe thinking it's going to be hard for the Whitecaps to get much from. Both at BC Place, so that does give them a slight bit of an advantage. The next two games, though, against Kansas City and DC, you're looking to take at least four points from that, ideally six. DC's definitely ripe for the plucking. Ninth in the East just now, not having a great season. That game, of course, is coming a few days after the Canadian Championship game against Montreal on Tuesday. But I think we are going to see more of a fringe team for that. We'll talk about that more in Sunday's show on CITR Radio. 11 o'clock, listen on citr.ca online or 101.9 FM if you're in the lower mainland area. And as I said, we hope we will bring the podcast for that on Monday this time. So there's going to be a kind of eye on that for a few of the guys, but I do think it's going to be more of the Canadian, more of the fringe guys that's going to play in that. So we are going to get the full-strength Caps team going out on Saturday. And we're going to bring you some audio now from a couple of the KC players, just looking ahead to the game, what they're expecting from Vancouver, who their danger men are. We're going to hear first from centre-back Aiko Para. Then we're going to hear a little bit from man of the moment, hat-trick hero Gerso Fernandez. He's got an interesting few things to say about playing on turf. This is his first visit to Vancouver. He's looking forward to visiting the city, but not looking forward so much to playing on turf. So let's just hear now from those two KC players. And then looking ahead to Vancouver, how do you guys get mentally prepared for a, a long road trip like that, especially coming off a midweek game? Uh, just the same thing, one game at a time. And then, you know, after after Wednesday's game, we'll, we'll reassess, you know, players. And, you know, Peter will have a word with everyone, and we'll, we'll go from there and uh, be on the recovery train. Um, I think we've been doing a really good job of being able to recover after a lot of our games this year, and uh, hopefully this week's no different. And they've brought in Freddie Montero, who was in Major League Soccer before. Uh, he's, he's come back. How do you guys plan on, on keeping him uh, contained? Yeah, obviously another guy who's really good around the box. I mean, I, I, as you've seen, this league is just getting a lot better and better with the forwards and the movement of a lot of forwards and the finishing uh, the product of a lot of forwards. And Freddie's one of those guys, obviously, he was in the league before. Uh, but, you know, he just needs one opportunity. It's in the back of the net. He's more of an opportunistic forward. Uh, he works hard, don't get me wrong. Uh, but any chance he gets, it's pretty good percentage that it's going in uh, so being able to limit those opportunities are going to be extremely crucial when defending him. Coming off a big win um, does that provide momentum as you go to Vancouver? Uh, yeah for sure give us more confidence for the next game but we know it's always difficult play play away so we will try our best in Vancouver to get the three points. Does the turf make any difference for you as a forward? The, sorry. The turf field. Oh yeah, yeah, it makes makes really is really different. If it was like a natural turf, like is much better because the other one, I don't know how you call it. The regular grass. Yeah, that one. Uh, it, no, it's regular grass. Well, we play on grass. Yeah. They play on turf. Oh yeah, and turf. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it because it first makes me feel pain in my in my feet because it's really tough. So, but well, we will try our best in that field. 
Does the ball move any differently, faster or slower? Yeah, it's slower. It's slow. Well, it's, if it's wet, probably maybe it go faster. But if it's not wet, yeah, it goes slower and doesn't go like regular. The ball like go like bouncing. Yeah, and and it's really more complicated to control the the ball. How do you feel the team's chemistry is and the relationship between the guys? Uh, it's been really, really good. It's been really good because it's, it's very easy like play with everybody. Everybody plays good and simple and makes everything like easier. Yeah. What about um, how did Peter get you guys motivated at halftime? Because you came out second half of the of the game when you guys played yeah, so well. Yeah, the truth is, Peter starts screaming with us and saying, "Hey, we have to change our mind because we, we don't playing what we used to play. So we have to change to win this game." And who was what he did? What what he did? And then you guys changed, and you came out with three goals. Yeah, completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, are you feeling really good about going to Vancouver this week? Yeah, yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling really good. It will be my first time in Vancouver's too, so I'm kind of excited to, to meet the city and play against Vancouver. Are you worried about any challenges in particular that they will bring? No, they are a good team. They are not getting a, a good moment now, but so probably they will be more like together and give everything because they are playing home so they want to show that they are really good so we have to go against that so it was Ike Opara there you heard him first and then Gerso Fernandez I'm feeling confident going into this one we talked about this on Sunday's show and Zach was a little bit surprised that I was in an optimistic mood. I am going though for a 2-1 Whitecaps victory. I do feel though that they need to come out flying and try and get off to an early start. Really wouldn't be surprised if it ends up as a one all draw. But I do feel that the Caps can take something from this and I feel that they have to. They have to build upon the good showing that they've had on the road. Taking that forward now into this this kind of run of games at home. Nice to be back. Bono's finally found what he's looking for and has moved on from BC Place. If we're lucky, there might be a bumper crowd because there might still be some folk trying to get into the U2 concert at BC Place, so they might get a little bit confused and finally get in for the game on Saturday. Four o'clock kickoff. we're looking forward to it. We're going to bring you our post-game show on Sunday. But if you want to get your fill of some live football action before that, Head along to Swanguard Stadium on Friday night. TSS Rovers' second PDL home match of the season. Canadian Derby against Calgary Foothills. It's been a tough start for the TSS Rovers, guys. They've not got a win yet. They're sitting on minus two points, having had three points deducted for fielding an ineligible player in their first game. But they did get their first PDL point last Friday against Lane United. Like that first game against Calgary, it was a game that they should have won. They went into the lead, they just couldn't hold on to it. Tired a little bit towards the end. That's what you're going to get with a young and inexperienced team. Lane tied it up with about, I think, 14, 15 minutes to go. And then pushed really hard and really could have come away with all three points. This game, as we say, is this Friday. Calgary Foothills are coming. Last year's Western Conference champions. Everyone that I've spoken to that went along to the game at Swan Guard last Friday had a great time. 
For a, a match that had other distractions, the Whitecaps on TV, U2 at BC Place, it got a good crowd, probably looking about the six to 700 mark. It was just a, it was a fun atmosphere. Everyone enjoyed being back at Swan Guard. It was an entertaining game, end-to-end stuff. A lot of really talented young Canadians on the pitch as well and a great atmosphere from the crowd, from the Swan Guardians behind the goal. And the, the folk that we spoke to definitely said that they were, would want to come back to the game. I'm going to bring you a little bit of audio now from head coach Colin Elms. This is a just a chat with him I had after the Lane United game, talking about that match, one of the standout players, and just the the excellent turnout that they had for their first match. So let's hear now from Elmo himself, TSS Rovers head coach Colin Elms. Went behind, fought back, took the lead, and then probably should have put it away with Joe Waterman's shot. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I thought that we should have been three, four, one up at half time. To be honest, um, we we had, uh, uh, oh, I don't know, probably six or seven, uh, what I would consider, uh, uh, maybe not a scoring chances but close enough that that at least one or two more should have should have been put away and then we go one nil down against the flow of play again right and you know credit to the guys they 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 got one back and then and then clearly went on the front foot in the second half um won the penalty uh and i thought we were going to carry it i seriously did i said to willie you know what do you think we need to get any no no they're not threatening us at all Right? They they almost looked like the yeah they almost looked like they, they 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 packed it in a little bit, and then of course we we, we contrived to kind of let them back in the game and and uh, our, our our their tails went up and ours I don't know where ours went for the next ten or twelve minutes and it was like batting down the hatches and hold on for dear life basically yeah, I don't know if there'd been another five seven minutes in that uh, I, I was a bit concerned that 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 you know we, we might have given uh, given up our our point but we. Got a point in the PDL. Only minus two. And and yeah, yeah, we're 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 dragging ourselves back into this. And you know what? I I you know overall outside of the last uh, twelve minutes where we just seemed to sort of capitulate a little bit there. I, I thought I thought we did very well. I thought we uh, uh, got the ball down and played played out of some tight spots. Um, I thought we entertained the people here. I, I thought it was a, a, a if I was here watching this without. Uh, any emotional uh, attachment to what was going on, I, I would have enjoyed that. Yeah. We, um, we enjoyed the game yeah. flew by. Yeah. And that's yeah. like, yeah. both teams played football on the deck. Yeah. Had a couple of really exciting guys. For me, Zach Verhoeven, outstanding yeah, 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 night. Yeah. Just yeah, maybe yeah. I'll say a few words about him. Yeah, he's, Zach, we, we told him the other day, we said, son, he's, he's, he's 18. He's got a long way to go, but he, he, he has no idea how good he is. Um, we got to clean up some stuff uh, um, when he's not on the ball, uh, but I think he actually did a really good job uh, tracking tonight. He got a little tired at the end there. We were on him, but uh, but yeah, an absolute menace, one v one. I said to the guys on the bench when he when he when he got past his marker for like the third or fourth straight time, I said, you know what? If I was a left back in this game, I might have I might have packed it in and left. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, no, he is uh, he, he he is. 
very shifty and uh, we, uh, Willie and I call him Spider-Man. He's kind of got that kind of kind of elastic kind of look to him and uh, stop and go, very, very deceptive uh, on the dribble. And yeah, it'll, you can see them. You know, Calgary quickly uh, last weekend doubled and tripled up on him because um, uh, they realized he had a, li- a couple of those moments in the in the Calgary game where where they could sort of see that this guy was going to be a threat. But today, I thought he I thought he was uh, one of one of our better players out there for sure. It was a good turn, right? Yep. Yeah, you know what? We had no idea exactly how all that was gonna gonna unfold. You know, uh, uh, Willie actually said to me today, because he's he's tapped into this far, far more than I am. He said, "You know what? I think I think we're gonna get a good good group of." And I'm driving here from Richmond today, <laughs> and it's just bucketing down. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh no!" Right, and then of course the sun came out. Um, although we were incredibly frozen cold on the bench here uh, oh, in the first like half, the wind picked up. And, and yeah, so uh, I think we had a bunch of people come out tonight that were kind of looky-looing, you know, what's this all about? And, uh, you know, as I said earlier, I think, I think you know, uh, uh, any, anybody that's come out tonight that, that, you know, is a football person, I think they enjoyed that. I think they'll, they'll come out again, so, yeah. Cases Rovers head coach Colin Elms there. Like I was saying, it was a, a great night had by all. You can get tickets for this Friday's game either at the gate or by visiting tssrovers.com. $10 for adults, $7 for children. If you can't make it along to the game, there will be a live stream on YouTube presented by AFTN. Myself doing the colour commentary, Gideon Hill doing our play-by-play. AFTN is the media partners for TSS Rovers this season, so check out all our stuff in the team, our player profiles, our chats with the, the guys behind the team, Will Cromack and Colin Elms. You can check all that out on AFTN.ca. Just look for the PDL menu and then you'll find all our stuff in there. So a feast of football action coming up for this weekend. WFC2 have the weekend off. And that's probably quite good because a number of those guys are likely to be involved in the squad at least for the Canadian Championship game against Montreal. One of the guys in the WFC2 team that's really impressed me this season has been MLS second round draft pick Kiwi Francis de Vries, currently nursing an injury unfortunately. But we had a chance to, to catch up with Francis for our Me, My Shelf and I section. That's just a, a chat we have with a number of the Whitecaps players about their favourite books, authors, just what they like to read, get to know the guys a little bit more. We kicked this series off with a chat with David Oosted a couple of weeks ago. Francis de Vries is our second guy in the series. Now, we did play this on Sunday's radio show, so if anyone listened to that, you will have heard this already. But since the podcast isn't out, we're going to include it in this episode of the show as well. And then when we do get the podcast for 194, we'll cut it out of there. But Francis is a really intelligent, a really interesting guy, as you'll hear from his book selection. So let's hear from that now. Me, myself and I, with WFC2's New Zealand centre-back, Francis de Vries.
So, if you were to like pick your your favourite author, I know you said to me before you you like to read a a lot of like non fiction stuff. Yeah. But if you're looking at fiction, what, what, who's your favourite author? I think uh, Dan Brown's probably up there for me. Have you read his books? I've read the first one. My wife's read yeah. them all. So yeah. that's credit to my dad. Actually, my dad got me into him, and it's just so interesting. He it leaves you on a cliffhanger at the end of every chapter. So it's like it's, it's like a show that you can't stop watching. You know, because you get to the end of the chapter, you're like, oh, I want to find out what happens next, and then. There's also a lot of really interesting information in it. Like he explores where our words come from in the English language, which I find really interesting because we kind of just take it for granted, like what we say and stuff. But he kind of explains some things. You go, oh, like, well, I didn't know that meant that, you know. So there's some good information in there as well that kind of broadens your mind a little bit and it inspires you to look into words a little more. So I, I find him really interesting. And if you were to pick your... This might be tough for you, but and this could be fiction or non-fiction. Yeah. But if you your three all-time favorite books, like what would be your go-to books? If you were going somewhere and you could only take three books with you, like say you're going to a desert island, what what three books would you want? Oh, great question. Um, I think my first book would be uh, have you read the book Flow by Mihaly Csikszentmihalyi? Uh-huh. It's kind of a hard author to pronounce, but uh, he talks about you know those moments where you have you're totally involved in what you do, and it's like when you see someone playing really well out on the field and you can just tell they're on that day, you know? He talks about that state of mind, and he's the guy that kind of coined that term, and he founded a field of positive psychology with another guy, uh, Seligman, who that's like an area of psychology that I really want to learn more about. So that would be my number one. Uh, my number two is a book I'm reading right now. It's called Thinking Fast and Slow by Daniel Kahneman. It's another psych book, and to be honest, like I don't really understand some of it. <laughs> um, so that's why I like it, you know? It, it pushes me to read over chapters again and it's one of those books where you you sit down and then you take a few notes off it and you have to read through what you've written and read through it again and see if you've got the material right so those are my uh probably my two scholarly books that i'd take and then as for a novel uh i'd probably take the lost symbol by dan brown i read it over christmas and that was uh oh, it was fantastic <laughs> yeah I, I was going to ask what you're reading just now, so you kind of mentioned that, but I mean, what's, what's on your bookshelf just now? Uh, I just finished a really good book that um, Cole Seiler actually recommended to me. It was uh, The Stranger Than We Can Imagine, An Alternative History of the 20th Century by John Higgs. Ah. Um, and it talks about like how a lot of things happened in the 20th century that like they weren't like the big events you know not the world wars or whatever but little things that happened and how the mentality shifted throughout the century and that's kind of how we've got here now so it's really interesting and then a book i want is it's called homo duess by yuval harari have you his first book's called sapiens (laughs) Uh, it's another history book i I like reading history no matter how many of these segments we're going to do for our podcast nothing no one else is going to come up with books like this no no some of the guys on the team read read the same stuff as me yeah yeah like if you talk to Thomas Sanner or Cole Siler, they're into that kind of stuff too. We will add these yeah. to this section. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I hope they take my recommendation to write. I hope they don't <laughs> want to come on. But yeah, no, that's uh, that was an excellent book that I just finished. And then I just ordered. Uh, do you know who Eric Fromm is? Yeah. Yeah. So I just ordered his book, Man for Himself, and I really like his worldview, and I want to uh, experience it a little more. So I read those books in depth. He wrote The Art of Loving too, which I'm gonna find. And uh, you know, from that, it just keeps going on what I learned in psychology in school so trying to keep expanding my mind with that kind of stuff Superb, thank you so much for your time Francis, good luck for this season ahead and it's been a pleasure talking to you Thank you very much. Thanks so much
So hopefully you've got a few more books to add to your list of things to get there. When I spoke to Francis about Burnaby Lake for that piece, my wife was with me and a number of the books that he mentioned she was quite interested in. So she got hold of two of them and she, she's reading Flow just now and really enjoying it. So I recommend to check those books out. And we're going to take Francis' advice and try and speak to Cole Siler and Thomas Sanner for that. We've got a couple more of these kind of series coming up, not just on books, we're going to do some stuff on music as well. And this this is something which I feel that we do in this show that you don't really get in a lot of the other shows and other podcasts out there. I like to get to know the players a bit better, have a little bit of fun with them, and they love nothing more than talking about non-whitecap stuff as well. So it's a win-win for everyone. So hope you enjoyed that. We'll bring you some more of those segments soon. But that is it for this episode of the podcast. We want to bring you a few more of our preview shows like we have done in seasons gone by. It's something that Steve's talked about doing, so hopefully we'll bring some more of those back soon. And it won't just be me waffling on. We'll, we'll actually get a few of our team in to, to do this. But so it needs must this week, just because of the, the technical difficulties. So again, apologies for that. Hopefully episode 194 will drop into your RSS feeds at some point soon. But check us out this Sunday on CITR Radio, as I said, 101.9 FM, citr.ca online. But that is it for this episode of the show, brought to you in partnership with bcsoccerweb.com, your one-stop site for all your local, national and international news and links. Make that one of your daily stops, first thing in the morning, last thing at night, catch up with the day's soccer news. I've been Michael McCall, you can follow me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Send us an email about anything you want to chat about, aftncanada.hotmail.com And read all our stuff away from the numbers, aftn.ca Covering Whitecaps at all levels, all the local soccer news and also Canadian national team and we're going to be adding a lot more Canadian Premier League coverage soon as well. So as always, thanks for listening. Take care and mon the caps. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.